Okay, so I'm looking at Deuteronomy chapter 32. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's super long and super boring, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've been reading it and I've been trying to summarize it. I haven't quite gotten it yet, but I want to come up with something. And the reason why I want to do this is because I know that tomorrow morning, the Proclamation Trust, uh, EMA, the Evangelical Ministry Assemblies, this big conference, they're going to look at this passage tomorrow. And I want to make my prediction. I want to put in my punt as to what I think is the main point here. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to compare it with the real answer <laughs> because I'm not going for the event. But for what it's worth, this is my take on this passage. And uh, rather than go through for the whole thing, th these are my three points, um, at least what I have from reading it over the last 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's probably not correct. But, you know, I want to put in, put in one proposal as to how I would approach this passage. Now, it's a song. It's called The Song of Moses. So the first point I want to make is that this is a song. Sounds, sounds obvious, right? <laughs> but it's not a sermon. You know, it's being preached as a sermon, but Moses composed it as a song. It's being read out as a sermon. Moses doesn't sing it, but Moses wants them to take these words and sing it among themselves. So meaning, you know, you know, you give this sermon, say tomorrow, you know, the guy giving the sermon at the conference gives this sermon. Most likely people remember some points, they take some notes, but then they forget it. But what would it take for people to take the words of your sermon and then repeat it to one another? And this is where the song comes in. You know, Moses wants them to speak this sermon to one another, even after he's gone, because he's going, to, he's going to die after this. And the idea is, here is a sermon that is singable, but also shareable. Here is a word of truth. This is a truth about God's character, about what God's going to do, about how a response to this. That's also kind of like the gospel, but that we preach to one another. So it's a convicting point and a challenge for those of us who are Bible study leaders or even who are pastors who preach these kind of messages. How memorable, how singable, how shareable are we making the message of the gospel such that people can then you know, share it with one another? Because that's the whole point. That's the whole point of condensing you know, almost the entire book of Deuteronomy into this one song. And at least even God, he recognizes the need for people to be able to take away and to be able to recite and repeat his word to one another. Um, the equivalent today, I think, you know, I would say, you know, not perfect example, but even something like YouTube sermons, like this video, you know, people can share it with one another. People can track along with it, you know, they can even learn it and maybe even if you put music to it, that kind of thing. Now, now that's, that's getting a bit far, but you get what I mean. You know, it's making God's word uh, accessible and shareable between God's people. So already, that's just the form of this, the, the, this, this song. And just to say as a side note, the reason why it's so important is because Moses says that this is their life. And uh, he says, uh, verse 47, these are not just idle words, these are your life. So being able to share this word is this ability to share this life. It is so vital that they learn the words of this song because it's a way for them to, to know this life and to share this life and to stay a key Key, key idea between in this, in this song is that we stay within this life, that we don't forsake God. 
So first point, um, the, this is a song. <laughs> it's meant to be singable, it's meant to be shareable, it's meant to be heard from one another, not just Moses to us, not just from the conference speaker to us, but from us to one another, and maybe even us back to the speaker, because the children are meant to sing this back to the parents and go, aha, mommy and daddy, do you obey this word? So, okay, just that shareable aspect of the song. Okay, first point. Uh, secondly, um, judgment, judgment. And just to skip through, the whole thing is, is very, very long. There is judgment on God's people, but there's also judgment on the people who judge God's people. <laughs> that means God's enemies. So there's judgment on everyone who rebel against God. So firstly, God's people forget God. You know, they should know that God has saved them, God has loved them, God has blessed them, but they turn away towards idols and so God judges them. And God wants them to know that this is God's judgment upon, this, upon them. So verse 21, they made me jealous by that which is no God. I will make them envious. I will make them angry. I will hide my face from them, verse 20. And God wants them to know when this judgment falls on them meaning uh, they are going to be attacked, the land's going to be taken away, all the good things are going to be destroyed. He wants them to know that it's not an accident, that it's because they've turned away from God and God has sent this calamity, this judgment upon them. And it's because God takes it very personally when they turn away from Him. So I, I will do this to them. They've made me jealous. I will hide my face from them, verse 20. So that's God's people. But then secondly, God's enemies as well. God wants them to know that God is using them to punish His people. He doesn't want them to get away with any idea that they are doing this on their own power. So um, uh, verse 28, they are a nation without sense. There is no discernment from them. You know, if only they were wise and understand this and discern what their end will be. So here he's speaking about this enemy nation. It's so silly, you know. How can they think they can defeat my people? You know, how can it be that one man can chase a thousand, verse 30, to put 10,000 to flight unless the rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? So, he wants them to realize as well, the only reason why they've beaten God's people is because God has given them up. So there's judgment on God's people, but also judgment on God's enemies. So slightly different, but also there's a common theme here. Then in the end, you know, the whole world stands under God's punishment. One, for forsaking God, forsaking God's goodness, and secondly, for not recognizing God's greatness. So that's the second thing, you know, God's judgment actually is central to this gospel. Realizing that we've forsaken Him, that we do not acknowledge Him, and therefore when this judgment comes, it's not just, you know, oh, bad luck, but that God reminding us, hey, He is God. So that's the second thing. But finally, there is salvation, and it's a very interesting way of portraying salvation because the people who are being judged are rejoicing. <laughs> Verse 43, this is the end of the song. Rejoice, O nations, with his people. So the nations who are being judged are rejoicing with the people who are also being judged. He says, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will take vengeance on his enemies and make atonement for his land and his people. 
So God will, in the end, he will still rescue his people. He will fight for them. He will forgive them. He'll make atonement for the land. Atonement means, you know, he will pay the cost of their, uh, of, of their forgiveness. Atonement means something has to die, something has to be paid. And he's talking about ultimately Jesus. Jesus taking on all the punishment, all these judgments, it falls on him such that they go free. But the people who are called to rejoice over this forgiveness, O nations, all these other peoples are meant to join in with God's people. All these outsiders are meant to rejoice with the insiders because they too will receive this joy, this blessing, this forgiveness that comes through God's atonement. And then you can make the case for the gospel, for how Jesus brings together all these elements of, you know, of judgment, but also salvation of God's people, but also those outside of God's people coming together in joy to praise God together in this song. So yeah, so that, that's, that's my kind of like punt uh, for, for what I think this song is leading us towards in terms of recognizing the gospel, recognizing how to praise God together, you know, to one another through this song, but also in the midst of maybe even difficult times. So this is a song about judgment, <laughs> about how we've turned away from God, but ultimately it helps us to see that at the end of it, God will take that judgment upon himself, put it on Jesus. And when that joy comes, we're meant to rejoice with others. So um, yeah, I hope you guys have a good day tomorrow at uh, EMA. Um, I hope you have a better answer than this. And if my answer is wrong, please, please tell me. <laughs>